helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Show. This is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us in this episode. We have a very interesting show for you today. Today's show is about overcoming low self-esteem. And for those of you who like it when we take a biblical passage and extrapolate from its psychological principles and and spiritual uh, gems that can be useful in your lives, then this is one of those episodes. Today we are going to be speaking from Judges chapter 6, and I will read those verses from verse 12 through to verse 15. This is going to be our text today, and we're going to be uh, looking at a number of questions that will help you to see this, maybe in a way that you haven't seen it before. And it is going to be helping you to realize that there are some very important principles here that can help you to overcome low self-esteem. Or if you're one of those who counsel and help others, the way we're going to be looking at this passage will help you to do just that. But before we go into today's show, let me remind you of how to get in touch with us. You can call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or you can find out more about us by going to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And yes, we are a non-profit organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. So here is the passage uh, from Judges chapter 6 from verse 11 through to 15. I just give a summary of verse 11 because it's a bit lengthy, but in a nutshell, in verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak tree where Gideon was threshing wheat. And I'll now read verbatim from verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this happening to us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us unto the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So here we have it, this dialogue between Gideon and the angel. And for those of you who have been listening to us for a long time, you know that I am seldom ever here alone in the studio talking about these passages. It's a question and answer style, and so I won't be asking myself questions today. With me in studio today is 
Bettina Davomar. Bettina Davomar, and she will be asking the hard questions about these passages, or should I say interesting questions, <laughs> to help us to dig deeper. So welcome, Bettina. It is so good to have you with us on the show today. You and I were reading this passage mm-hmm. before we came on air, and we were just so... Uh, Enthralled mm-hmm. by the number of things that kept coming to us That's as we right. as we discussed it. Yes, it's true, Michael. It's a, a very interesting passage, and uh, just so many things that I saw popping up that I didn't see before. And I was wondering, Michael, what what do you think the angels' first words were to? Um, uh, Gideon, when he said, the Lord is with thee, what do you think that meant? Well, I think it's it's a very important start because I think the angel preempted what Gideon was going to say next. True. The angel knew that because of the suffering. And let me just set the context here for this passage for those of you who are not familiar with it. The Israelites were being persecuted by the Midianites. They they couldn't plant crops that would come to harvest because the Midianites would either steal it or destroy it. They couldn't have cattle or anything because it would be stolen by the Midianites. So here we have Gideon. He's suffering and his people. The Bible tells us that they were suffering for seven years at the hands of the Midianites. And so in this passage, we have Gideon hiding in a cave uh, threshing wheat to make wine in, in a wine press and the, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said the Lord is with you mm-hmm. and Gideon next word was if the Lord is with us then why are all of these bad things happening to us mm-hmm. and I think that is the, the, the feelings of a lot of people who are going through hardship. That's Maybe true. you're listening to my voice today and there are some circumstances, some unexpected misfortunes that have come into your life, some surprises, unpleasant surprises, some turnaround in your life, some things that have taken turn for the worst and you're thinking this can be according mm. to God's plan. So I think Bettina, uh, the angel is saying to Gideon that despite the circumstances, the harshness of your realities, the Lord is with you. Yes. He hasn't forsaken you. He's still with you. There are many people who sometimes, many of us, when we are going through yeah. hardship, we tend to think that God has forsaken mm-hmm. us. So this is a reminder that no, Gideon has not forsaken you. No. Times might be hard. The Midian, Midianites might be mean and cruel. Mm-hmm. You might find it hard to have the provisions, but God has not forsaken right. you. He is with you. Such a good reminder, Michael, that when we're going through some hard times, myself included, that it seems like we're alone, but God is always with us. And we may not see him, but we can most oftentimes feel him. So what are some of the reasons why people find it difficult to accept this truth when going through some of life's difficult challenges? One of the biggest obstacles I find today is because of wrong theology. Many people have this prosperity gospel that seems to say 
that if you're living for God, if you're praying enough, and if you're mm-hmm. if you if you are giving enough, and if you attend the church enough, then good things are always going to happen to you. And I think that's very bad yeah. theology. Because if we read the first chapter of the book of Job, we are told that Job was a perfect man. Perfect not in the sense of perfect in terms of flawless, but perfect in that statement that he was a morally upright Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And we had this picture of Job that he was praying often and he was offering sacrifices for sins and praying for his children, waking up early Early. to pray for his children, Mm -hmm. not because they sinned, but just just in the event Mm -hmm. that they might Mm -hmm. have done something wrong, he would be offering sacrifices for them. And yet we see what befell his children and what befell Job. So I think it's very dangerous theology that if you're living for God, then Mm. bad things won't happen to you. (laughs) So for many people, when it starts happening, because of this wrong theology, they feel that God is not is no longer there. But sometimes, Bettina, I think it's just a cry of the heart right. where people out of desperation mm. feel overwhelmed and feel as if they just can't cope anymore. And so out of the anguish of the heart, they just feel that God isn't there anymore. anymore. But then we also have the opinion of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, as cruel as it may seem, there are some people within our churches that when you're going through hard time, they will say things like, Brother Michael, are you sure that there is no sin in your life? Are you sure that there's, <laughs> right. there, there isn't anything oh, that you yes. have done? It's so true. Oh my goodness. We see that all the time, especially in churches. But so we, we just discussed the, you know, some of those reasons being emotional anguish, uh, having the wrong theology, the opinion of others that may, um, uh, be some of the factors and the reasons why people find it difficult to accept this truth. What about Gideon's self-concept? Gideon's self-concept seems to have been affected by the type of family that he was from. Yes, we hear Gideon saying in response to the angel, and let me just uh, backtrack a little bit here to talk about, uh, to set this up in answering mm-hmm. that question, because we see Gideon, and the name Gideon actually means warrior. Yes. So we see this man who from birth, his dad had some vision of him being a warrior. Mm-hmm. And instead of living up to that potential, when the angel appeared unto him, mm. we find him working with, with wheat, yes. threshing wheat, yes. doing a menial task. Yeah. And, and I think that symbolizes that Gideon was far below his potential. So the angel Absolutely. came and the, angels, mm. the angel said, in, in essence, I see what you're doing. I see where you are Mm -hmm. at this stage in your life, but I am looking ahead and I am seeing you as a mighty man of God, a mighty Mm -hmm. warrior. And, And in response to that, Gideon said, you must be wrong. That doesn't sound like me. I might have the name. I might have the talk. I might have the look. Mm. But that title doesn't fit me. Why? Because my family 
is poor, poor. Mm. and I am the the least in my family. Mm-hmm. So there seems to have been something about his self concept mm-hmm. that was making him stuck in this place. So when we are talking about this show today, the title of the show is "Overcoming Low Self Esteem." I think one of the the, the biggest thing to to overcome in low self esteem is to realize that it doesn't matter where you're from or your current status, mm-hmm. God can use you to do mighty things. So, so, so if true. Gideon was to just keep focus on his family, he would remain hmm. stuck there and never accomplish anything. But the angel looked ahead mm-hmm. and saw that this man had great potential. I don't know who I am talking to this morning, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling that there might be some of you out there who can identify with Gideon. You might be saying, I didn't have a great past. I'm not from a great family. My family is not wealthy. I don't have the connections and the network that would make me successful. But God is saying, none of that matters. No. You have potential that he can use. And to, to for him to use that potential, you have to begin to see yourself as capable. Absolutely. It's such a, a such an important topic today. Um overcoming the self esteem, negative self esteem. And, and just, Gideon, bef- just before we go on, I just would like to, to welcome those of you who are joining us at this point in the show. And just to remind you that if you have missed the first part of this show, you can find it on our YouTube oh, channel. That is if you go to elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E L I M counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And there are in the top right-hand corner of our homepage, there is a, a link there that you, a, a YouTube link that you can click to go to our YouTube page. And we have over 200 podcasts that are there for your convenience. And so just feel free to enjoy our channel. And remember to subscribe. It helps us to get this word out to others. And so this is, again, such a really important topic. So Gideon's low self-esteem is shown here. And I'm wondering, in what way can people come to see themselves as least? Because he said, I am the least in my father's house. How? Yeah. In what way can people come to see that? Yes, I think that's such a very good question, Melissa, because not only did he say... Bettina. Bettina. (laughs) For those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time, you know that Melissa has been a host for many years. She's not available at this time. So Bettina is who I am talking to today. So Melissa, if you're listening, hi. So Bettina, let me just say that that's such a wonderful question. Mm -hmm. And I think when he said, I am the least in my family, there are some things that happen within family systems Mm -hmm. that end up affecting our self-esteem. And these things are not able to shake. They seem to define us even into adulthood. And so if you're in a family where you were you saw favoritism where you weren't the favorite and you had a sibling, a brother or a sister that was always favored and mm-hmm. praised, then it's quite possible that you can continue to see yourself as less than, That's feeling true. as if your voice is not important mm-hmm. because nothing you said 
in your family was ever taken seriously, mm-hmm. even if you go on to become the most educated and influential person uh, possible, you can still feel like that little boy or that little girl again mm-hmm. when you're around your family, that your your voice doesn't matter. And so some people, they go into their business endeavors. They go into their work world with the same kind of feeling right. that my voice is not important around the boardroom table because it wasn't important around the dining room table. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we have favoritism, another thing that can sometimes shape how we see ourselves is birth orders. Right. Sometimes uh, children who were the youngest or wasn't the firstborn or, you know, was treated as if they were less than because of their age. Mm-hmm. That kind of feeling, that kind of psychological uh, stigma or residue can stick with them throughout life. But another thing that can affect children is abuse. If mm. you're physically or emotionally abused or neglected, you can go about life with a core core value about yourself that say, yeah. I am not important. So true. And so it's possible that when Gideon is saying, I am the least in my family, those are very, very, very pregnant words, mm-hmm. words that are mm-hmm. very full of meaning mm-hmm. because it is saying there's something that is happening in my household that make me feel less than. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how your family make you feel, this story is telling us today that God can still use you. Mm-hmm. God can still have a call upon your life that can supersede and overcome whatever negative self-concept you have developed. So, so, so exciting, this topic, um, you know, because it gives hope. And I'm, I'm just wondering, what are the important psychological lessons from the greeting that the angel greeted him with? That's such a such a good question as well, Bettina, because we find that when the angel came to him and the angel greeted him and the angel the angel said to him, you know, uh you might Gideon might man of valor. Mm-hmm. Uh this is saying to us that even though at that point in his life he is not acting out this mighty man. Inside of him was this potential, mm-hmm, that potential, right? That God is trying to tap into, and so mm-hmm. God is having this dialogue mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. through this angel to say, "You might be working with wheat, you might be hiding in a cave today from the Midianites, but it's not your destiny, right? I have a call upon you that is bigger." And that's better. So it is showing us that God, that our 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 past and our present do not have mm-hmm. to dictate our future. So true. God can take us above those obstacles and do above and beyond what we might think because of our limited situation. It is also God is also saying that our negative self concept is not cast in stone. The fact that you were made to feel less than doesn't need to stick with Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. God can change that and can give you a concept. And this show is about overcoming low self-esteem. And it's important for us to begin to believe 
and to think above. So, uh, many of our clients who come to us, we have them identify what their negative self-concept is. So there right. is this list that we go through, and there are maybe about 20 or 30 items on it. And we go from working with people who come in who feel, I am unlovable, I am not good enough, mm-hmm. I am incapable, mm-hmm. to working for them to become the exact opposite. Right. I am lovable. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think this is a testimony to the fact that however you see yourself today, that low self-concept, it is changeable and you can become more. But sometimes it takes work and it takes help. Oh, I love it. We do not have to be defined by our past, Michael, and we don't have to have that self-concept that is cast in stone. It's not cast in stone. So Gideon, this man, was hiding behind this great potential. Like uh, he actually was the man in hiding, but that had a great potential is what I mean to say. That is really uh, amazing because that could be for us such a great example. So Michael, what is the psychological significance of the angel in this story? The angel in this story, Bettina, I think is is going against... uh, New Age belief, because there is this New Age belief, if you listen to motivational speakers like Anthony Robbins, that people pay tens of thousands of Mm. dollars to go and listen to. These people will make you feel that it doesn't matter where you are, you can pull yourself up. And as a matter of fact, uh, Anthony Robbins have written a book called The Power Within. Mm. But I think the scripture is telling us that it's not the power within sometimes that we need to change. It's the power that comes from God. That's it's it. the power without. Yeah. And so when this angel came and took residence under this oak tree and begin to talk to Gideon, it's a way of saying, Gideon, you're in this place where you you have nothing within you to tap into. Mm. You have come to the end of your means. And I think there are some of us listening today who can say, yes, I have come to the end of my means. I'm at the end of my rope. There's nothing more that I can do in my own strength. Mm -hmm. And it's when you're in those places that you need the power without that you need someone to come alongside you. In this case, it was an angel. But God can use a brother or a sister in the church. Mm -hmm. God can use a family member. God can use a friend to come alongside you and to say, Thou mighty man of God. Mm -hmm. And to to say, "You, You great singer. Or or to say, You great marketer. Mm -hmm. Or to say, You godly mother. Or whatever it is that you're aspiring towards, you need people who can come alongside you that can see those visions. And at times when you can't do it yourself, it's in those times that you need others. So I think the angel in this story symbolized that, that it's not within us. It's the power that comes from 
without. Mm-hmm. And those of us who have been through really hard times know what I mean by this, that sometimes you're just in this place where you you can't do, there's nothing more you can do. Mm-hmm. You have tried everything, everything. and mm-hmm. everything else have failed. And that's a time you need the power without. And the angel was the power without, not the power within, as Anthony Robbins say. Yes, such a, such a great topic again. I keep saying that, Michael, but it's a very interesting topic because I think a lot of people do go through this uh, negative self-esteem where really they are a uh, a full bowl of potential. Yes. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about how the parents, do they, how they influence uh, uh, the children, how the growing up years. Yes, yes. So I think it's, it's very important as parents to realize that your word has power. One of the things that we notice from this story is that words are very powerful. That's one of the, the, the things that this story tells us, that here we have a man with low self-esteem, Gideon, and someone comes to him with the opposite image of himself, opposite vision of himself, saying that, Gideon, you are not this wine press worker. Mm -hmm. You are a mighty warrior. In other words, you can do great things. And we see from the story that Gideon went on to be the savior of an entire nation. He was the savior of Israel. And as a matter of fact, he became so great that if we read chapter 8 of Judges, the people... The people came to him and said, we want to make you king and we want to make your sons king and we want to make your son's sons king. They wanted to make him king mm. over them. And Gideon have to say, no, the Lord is 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 going to be king over you. So, so successful right. was this man because of the initial words mm-hmm. of an angel who came to him. And parents should realize that they're like angels. The word that they use can be either the words of angels to their children or the words of the devil. Mm-hmm. So when you tell a child that that child has potential and that they can be anything that they want right. to, to be, when, you, when you, you, you tell a child that there's something that you envision them that's, that's big and that's great, you are like an angel. Mm-hmm. But when you speak words of destruction such as you're stupid or you're not good enough, you're speaking a curse right. over your children. So that's such a good question, Melissa. I think parents should be very cognizant of the kind of words that they speak because right. words have power, power. in shaping self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So in closing this show today, I want to say to parents that you have the power to shape your children's self-esteem yes. and start today. Start by saying words of encouragement and, yeah. and vision over their lives. We have come to today's show, Bettina, and thank you very much for, Thanks, for being with me on today's show. And I want to thank our listeners for, for being with us today. And remember that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. And so you can listen to us next week when we'll have another interesting show lined up for you. And if you have if you have missed today's show, as I said before, remember that you can access this by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 877 Four, six. And remember that we are a not-for-profit organization. So if you have not 
uh, contributed to this show as yet and to this ministry, please do consider making a donation. No amount is too small. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Bettina Davilmar. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.